Hey guys, this is Jen from Spray Pal, and I just wanted to let you know that today's show is our very first interview here on Cloth Diapers Made Easy, which we are super excited about. So the layout will be a little bit different. We won't have Dave on the show. I know he's really sad, but um, he'll be back. Don't worry. But for today, we're just going to be talking with Kim Rosas. I was actually in Charlotte for a baby show, an event, and I got to stay with her and hang out. And if you don't know, Kim and I are friends. We have been, we met through the cloth diaper industry and have been friends for years now. So it was good to be able to talk cloth diapers with her again. And if you guys have any questions or topics that you would like us to discuss on this podcast, we would love to hear them. You can go over to our Facebook page, Cloth Diapers Made Easy, and leave us a comment and let us know what you'd like us to discuss or shoot me a message on the Spray Pal Facebook page. We also have our Cloth Diaper Experiment Facebook group with a huge following of helpful moms and dads who are already kind of in the throes of using cloth diapers. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask them there. You'll get a lot of helpful responses. We'd also love to have you subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. You can also leave in the comments of the review any other topics you'd like us to discuss as we move forward with recording our future episodes. And last but not least, before we move on to this fun interview with Kim Rosas, I will put a link for our email newsletter. If you'd like to click the link in our show description and sign up to receive our emails, you will be the first to get our new freebie that we've been working on. It's a printable PDF checklist for anyone who is getting started with cloth diapers and just wants an easy reference for what you need, what to buy, things like that. Plus there's a bonus coupon code on there that you will not want to miss for spray-pal.com where you can get your starter kit to get started the easy way. So without any further ado, here we go. Listening to Cloth Diapers Made Easy with your hosts Jen and Dave Apria from SprayPal. Hey everyone, this is Jen from SprayPal, and I am here today with Kim Rosas. And you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> See, I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm here. We are actually here in Charlotte. And since I was here, I thought it would be fun to do a quick interview with Kim because she is kind of a legend in the world of cloth diapers. She started the website dirtydiaperlaundry.com, which if you are getting started with cloth diapers and you haven't checked that out yet, you definitely should because there's a huge treasure trove of information there. She has everything from reviews of different styles of diapers to like a cloth diaper finder that helps you find a good match for what style of diaper you want to use or what brand of diaper you want to use. Um, down to a cool history of cloth link on her site that teaches you how cloth diapers have been used through the ages, which is really fascinating. So, um, but she's got some other fun things in the work. Why don't I let you finish off what you're up to nowadays and then, um, we'll go on. So now that my kids are no longer in diapers, I pivoted. Yes. Pivoted <laughs> to, <laughs> pivot. uh, I pivoted to a website with my partner friend, Amanda called put a cup in it.com. 
And this is all about reusable menstrual products, primarily reusable cups, which I learned about through the call taper world. Yep. So Kim is obviously a very valuable resource in the world of menstrual and cloth diet. Well, basically, I should just say in the world of reusable products. For body function. <laughs> yes, from all ages. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Put a Cup in It is a huge resource as well. If you haven't checked that out, a lot of people who use cloth diapers on their babies, when you know Aunt Flo shows back up after you have your baby, it's kind of a next logical step because it's definitely very eco-friendly to use a menstrual cup. It's definitely life-changing as far as like, you know, holding things in and not having to deal with holding things in. Yeah. She, she means because you can wear them if you have an average flow 10 to 12 hours at a time safely. Yeah. But if you go check out our site, you'll find out a lot more about my flow than you ever need to know. <laughs> and it is not average. So we'll just leave it at that and go back onto the cloth diapers topic. Um, so basically, I was going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, so how old are your kids now? How long ago has it been since you were using cloth diapers? My oldest son is now nine and my youngest is seven. So we started cloth diapering in 2008, which I would say is sort of a golden time for cloth diapers. Uh, Bum Genius was probably the most popular brand back then and is still a leading brand. Uh, Thirsties was pretty big back then and they are still as well. But there were brands like Good Mama, that old mm -hmm. time cloth diaper. Oh my gosh, I remember. remember. That was like collecting a Good Mama fitted was like Be Beanie Baby collection. We were just talking about that really? today at Mommy Con and that was my exact comment. It is so I weird. Weird, sympathetic. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we are very sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Laura Brown from Ergo and she does the mommy con circuit speaking on baby wearing and she was talking about good mamas. And I was like, yeah, those were like the beanie babies of cloth diapers back then. People really collected them. And I think some people had the idea that they were going to retire on these good mamas. <laughs> I think people still sell them and buy them, but not for premium. Not like I that. mean, you were getting good mamas in the 200 to $300 range per fitted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, honestly. <laughs> can't imagine. <laughs> um, uh, no, and I started, my oldest was born in 2010. So we started at the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. And that phase was still big, mm -hmm. like same exact situation, even two years later, where Bum Genius seemed to be like the biggest brand everyone knew. And um, the Good Mama thing was still very hot, hot market. <laughs> um, but nowadays, I think it's, it's shifted a lot. But I still see the whole like, collect all the prints thing going on with the, with the brands that are growing in size these days, um, like Thirsties and Grovia. I see like they have charts and people want to shade them all in when they get all the prints. So, that, but I don't know if it's more of a savings college fund thing or just a, a collecting. I thing. think it's a collecting thing. Mm -hmm. The The interesting part for me has been when I started, you could collect all of the prints because prints were very rare. Mm -hmm. You would have one brand have just a couple prints and maybe they would release, gosh, I don't know, like three or four a year. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like it, it was so like expensive. one release at ABC kids was like mm -hmm. the big deal of the year. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it started to be like a little bit more each year. Yeah. But it was like, everything was regular lineup because I think part of the change was in the printing industry, like just in the manufacturing portion of it, I think that fabric printing has come a long way. So you don't maybe have to create as much of a 
roll of fabric anymore, maybe. And so you it's can... digital printing. And, now. and so there there's different ways of printing that I'm sure cloth diaper manufacturers know way more about, but it is, it's, it's cheaper to run prints now. And there's, I'm sure a bigger base of buyers so that it makes more financial sense to run these rolls of fabric and people just want prints, but it was, I mean, most of us just had a solid rainbow of diapers and a couple little mm-hmm. prints and PUL prints were very rare because they were so expensive. So most of us were using these cotton knit outer over PUL that wicked, or we were buying fitteds for prints. And, and now it's just a different, it's a different world out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's a print that I mean, anyone can find a print that they like because there's such a variety. Um, I, I see lots of modern prints that I really like, which never do well. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. If I like a print, it's going to bump. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I say this all the time. The prints that I hate, I would say, oh, that is ugly. <laughs> and everyone wants it. <laughs> every, and they sell out every time. It's like what animal prints and, you know, farm animals or something. And <laughs> when it's a gorgeous modern design print, very very fashion forward. They can't get rid of them. They're like on the clearance. Rack. Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> I know. And it's funny, do, interesting to me because as a retailer, we do a lot of exclusives and it is hard to know or predict like what's going to be a hit. Speaking of exclusives, I'm curious what your thoughts on, on this whole change in the industry that it seems like kind of every print coming out almost is an exclusive. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about it? I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the the oversaturation of exclusives and I know it's exciting for people to have so many to pick from, but I think there's been a dilution of quality mm-hmm. with so many prints coming out and so quickly and just trying to meet this demand that I'm not sure exactly exists, but I'm not a retailer so I don't know what the sales are like. But it feels like they're less special. And maybe it's just me being nostalgic because for me, prints Mm -hmm. were special. It was very exciting for a new print to come out. I mean, it was a huge deal. Each brand would have these big parties and these Twitter parties back in the day Mm -hmm. and, um, or Facebook, uh, Facebook live parties. And now it's just every day. I mean, it, two, three a week, it seems more. Yeah. I mean, if I were really paying attention, probably Mm -hmm. more than that. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, again, I think for consumers, maybe it's a win, but for an old timer like me, it, it's, it's almost like it, it feels like a win because they have such a wide variety of things to choose from, but then it's not quite so much of a win when you think, what if you're in this like mentality of like, oh, but I can't let that one go in case, you know, it becomes super popular and I don't have it. Like you feel like you have this pressure to buy every print and that's really taking away the whole money savings portion of cloth diapering if you're spending all your money buying a way too big of a stash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. And all the prints that I have, I did not really keep very many. And I promise you, they're not really that important to me anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Nine years later, you can let it go. (laughs) I I kept a few memento diapers. I do too. One of which was the Zelda diaper that I get still emails about where I got that diaper. Forever, yeah. Emirates. And I have 
I think I still have Albert, which was the bomb genius first print ever. Uh-huh. And funny story about that quickly. We were at a birthday party here in my neighborhood and I was with my husband. We were having drinks outside and on the patio, having a good time with all of our big kids. Mm-hmm. And someone had a baby and he was like, Kim, I think that's that print, that bomb genius print, that, that genius print. And I was like, the, their whole series is called the Genius Series. Yeah. Can you be more specific? Yeah, be more specific. <laughs> um, and the fact that my husband like knows yeah. this is even amazing. Impressive. <laughs> but I looked, and sure enough, it was the Albert print, print. on like a diaper or uh, a shirt. No, on the on the baby on the diaper. And he was wearing a cloth diaper. Yeah, he was oh, wearing a cloth diaper, and I didn't want to be a creep. And they were like on the other side of this. <laughs> big area. And I actually lost sight of them and I was also kind of drunk. So, um, <laughs> so they got maybe away. not, yeah, maybe not the best time to make a conversation, uh, start a conversation with a stranger. I see your baby's butt is very cute. Yeah. Did you know that my son was one of the first babies? To and I have this diaper? big blog about diapering <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> yeah. When that print came out, they worked with bloggers and myself and a few friends were the first to get that print. And Everett so cool. was in the print in pictures as one of the first people wearing it so yeah the only diaper I have that's like really super special to me is the little warrior one from Grovia because we did that one in honor of my son and um donated the proceeds to the March of Dimes so that one of course is very special but I literally only have one of them and I can't tell you to this day I really released that like three years ago almost four years ago now and to this day we still get requests to bring it back so (laughs) it's really it is a special one. Um, so what were your favorite styles of diapers to use when you were going through this? When I started, I would have said probably pockets mm-hmm. because those were the faster drying and easier to wash version. And that was what was the modern diaper at the time. All in ones were very clunky and they took too long to dry back in 2008, 2009. But by the time Everett was born, the better all-in-ones, the Elemental, mm-hmm. and um, eventually Thirsties came out with their natural fiber all-in-one. And Relatively recently for yeah, that one. Yeah, actually, I don't they even... they had the microfiber version. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their natural fiber. It was just their all-in-one. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the ones with the petal style all-in-ones, I, I started to like. But that was at the tail end of my diapering days. But I would say those were my favorite to use and favorite to wash. Mm-hmm. Um, but really... Uh, if I were being completely honest, I'd probably say just a, a pad folded flat and a cover mm-hmm. um, would be my favorites if, if we were excluding that modern convenient option because mm-hmm. they're so cheap and they're so easy to use. Right. And um, there's nothing hard about folding a flat into a pad fold and just throwing it in a cover. Mm-hmm. So were you snaps or Velcro hook and loop girl? Always snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Well, actually, I take that back. We use top spots hook and loop for school because it's easy for the teachers and that I love I love their velcro really and they good. are the only velcro diaper I would tell yeah. people to use maybe the new thirsty's velcro but other yeah they're, 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 they're the new velcro is not bad from them too um so what about you just mentioned that the flats and the covers were a really great option and actually if you didn't know guys who are listening Kim started the flats and hand washing challenge almost eight years ago now. Eight years ago. So um, that's kind of a legendary challenge that happens every year. And now that she's moved on to the menstrual cups with Put a Cup in It, it's been taken over by Jenny. 
Jenny from Cloth Diaper Revival has offered to host it. She hosted it for the first time last year, and she has brought it back this year, despite um, her also having a lot going on in life. Oh, yeah. She just had another yeah, baby, she right? she just had a baby. Wow. So, uh, she's somehow juggling that. But I, I guess back then, I was juggling the same kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And she's using the diapers while yeah. she's running the challenge. So yeah. <laughs> I guess it goes hand in hand. But so what inspired you to start that challenge? There was a, a news piece on New York One, I believe, and it was an article that sort of went viral back then about the parents who were reusing disposable diapers. They were scraping out the solid waste. They were hanging them to dry, and they were just discussing this um, you know, thing that I, I guess I never had really thought about or was aware of, um, one, that this was a need that wasn't met by public assistance. Mm -hmm. You cannot buy diapers, disposable diapers, any form of diaper with SNAP or EBT or or WIC. There's no public assistance. If you're, if you're on public assistance, it does not cover diapers. Mm -hmm. Um, so these families, if they did not have access to a diaper bank, which a lot of the bigger cities do have diaper banks, but also they do limit what they can give. So you may get a few diapers a week and that's not enough. And, um, especially in urban areas, the access to bulk buying and, and, and when you're on a budget too, the people who can save the most by buying, buying in bulk at Costco, who can afford, you know, a hundred dollar package of diapers that brings the cost down to 10 cents a diaper. Mm-hmm. No one has that kind of money. Um, when you're on that sort of budget, you don't have a hundred dollars up front to eventually save money by buying in bulk. So mm-hmm. you're actually paying far more per diaper than wealthier people are. And if you're shopping at something like a bodega or a convenience store and you don't have a car, like these are your very limited options. So um, besides the fact that cloth diapers do have a high startup cost, I kept thinking, you know, why, why else would you not use cloth diapers when you are in this situation? And the big one was that most of these families don't have their own washer and dryer. They um, either have a shared washer and dryer or none at all. And they're using a laundromat for their family's clothing needs. So, you know, how can you get them diapers that are reusable that they can wash? And the, the big idea was to use flats because you can hand wash them very easily because they are just a single layer and these dry super fast. So, in, and they're super cheap. Not to mention that you can buy what they call flower sack towels at stores and just use those as flats. They're something you can buy local at a big box store and I, I was thinking, how can we teach people how to use them and how would you hand wash them? So I came up with this idea that I would just use them, only use those regular covers and wash them at home with a bucket and plunger. I had looked up camp washers and found that people would use these when they were out camping to wash whatever clothing, but it was especially ideal for diapers. And I tried to perfect this idea. I did it myself with my son. And back then I just mentioned on social media, which was I think really just Twitter and Facebook page that I was gonna do this. And people were surprisingly jumping on like, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to show people that you can do this. And you know, the main thing was just how can, people diaper their babies without money, but in a way that made sense for them and their family. And I, I really just wanted to know if I, I could do it. Like, would I ever recommend this to someone? Because it's it's always from a point of privilege where you say, well, you're poor, so you should just be using cloth diapers. It's not really that black and white. People don't have these the access to washing. And of course, they're working. They have so much going on. You know, can you ever say that with a straight face and really 
understand their needs and, and, and their situation. And I mean, it, it's hard. It's really hard. It is possible. And it's about like, is your child going to be reusing a diaper that's going to cause them an infection or a rash? Could you do this? Um, and it doesn't have to be full time, but the, the, the challenge grew from that. And we had hundreds, I don't even know, maybe even a thousand people. It was a lot mm-hmm. of people in the first year and it did grow, um, every year since then. And people do look forward to it each year mm-hmm. and ask about it. And are we doing this? Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, well, I think it's amazing that you brought this awareness to diapering need. Um, and it's really a great pro, a great challenge that, you know, that everyone can do, but it really does point out the fact that there are situations where cloth diapers aren't just an easy option to save money. It does save you money, but you have to have these things in place like a washing machine or access to um, these things. And a lot of times nowadays, like the biggest customer base of a cloth diaper retailer is a family with a lot of privilege who can afford to buy all the diapers and, and use the fanciest versions. And, um, so I think it's really good to bring awareness back to the whole, not just cloth diapering for eco-friendly reasons and because they're so cute and trendy, but also because you may need clean diapers for your child and you can't afford to go buy a pack of disposables at that time. So I think it's great that you started that. Um, speaking of diaper need, I almost forgot to mention something else that you've started. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about giving diapers, giving hope? Sure. Uh, so I didn't start giving diapers, giving hope. Oh, that's right. By, that's right. It was started by a friend over. of mine, right. uh, Krista McCarthy. And this was, oh boy, um, 2010. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. It's been around she a while. Mm-hmm. started this from her own personal experience with diaper need and being a single mother to two kids. And when she lost her job, she already had a stash of cloth diapers. And her main concern was, had I not had the stash when I had the funds to build it, which, you know, they are two to $300 to, to get going with cloth diapers. And that's on the low end for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how would I have diapered my kids? I would not have been able to afford to start cloth diapering at that point and buying disposable diapers was out of my range. Um, she was on a very tight budget and that was her idea for giving diapers, giving hope was, you know, could I help people get their stash of diapers? And there were other diaper banks that existed. This is not a unique idea, but they had all failed, um, or were shutting down or not, they were not nationwide. So, um, she started local, but did end up opening once another bank closed that was nationwide shipping. And it's continued to this day when things got too crazy for her. I took it over. I had started helping her build it. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm still doing it. Although I would have to say Maria Moser is the one kind of running the ship these days for the most part. And, um, Maria Moser from change-diapers.com, who is big in the industry as well, Mm -hmm. um, does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Most people don't know about. Right. And, um, she and I do that together, but we are still shipping. I think we helped 500 families last year and, um, applying is easy. It's just on the website, giving diapers, giving hope.org. And we approve people based on their finances. But if you qualify for public assistance, that means you would qualify for giving diapers. But if you're not on public assistance, there's other ways that we can verify that you are truly in need. Um, and if, I mean, we've been scammed. I won't lie. People do. There are bad people who see us and take advantage of us. And it's really unfortunate, but you always have to remind yourself that there, you're doing far more good mm-hmm. than, um, 
you know, not so letting the pe- the few people who would app- uh, apply just to get the free diapers and sell them on, you know, Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. or Craigslist. I mean, we find those people, we see it. Um, it's rare. Um, it is always a little heartbreaking, yeah. but um, you have to remember that overall people are good mm-hmm. and you're doing the right thing. So, um, and I've seen the posts of the people who write into you to, to like, Thank you for, they wouldn't have had diapers for their kids and whatnot. So definitely you're doing more good than not. Um, And I should uh, point out that Thirsty's is uh, Mm -hmm. one of our distribution partners uh, and also Kelly's Closet, the retailer. And those two people are the the hands-on people who are actually doing the work. The Uh, backbone. The backbone, (laughs) truly. (laughs) Um, Catherine at Thirsty's and Trisha from Kelly's Closet, they receive all of our approved applications. They sort through um, the diapers that are donated and the diapers that we end up buying for uh, fulfillment. And they they put these packages together for the families. Um, and without them, we would not be able to do it because uh, before I partnered with them, we were having issues with our previous partner. And before that, uh, Kristen was using YMCA uh, teens to fulfill Oh, wow. Those. Yes. Hmm. Um, but it was just too many, too, too many, too much need and too yeah. many, and she could not keep up. So um, finding this setup has been amazing and they are, I mean, they never ask for anything from us. They are amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Denver is the home base of Thirsties, So they kind of take the West coast, mm-hmm. right. And yeah. then, um, Kelly's closet is located up in Maine so they can handle the East coast. So it's kind of a perfect setup. It's been smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, just having people who are willing to do it mm-hmm. and, um, need nothing in return. It, they are truly doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Yes. It's, it's amazing. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing this wealth of information on a little bit of history of cloth diapers here. She, she since she started the history of cloth website, it's fitting that she got to go into the history, a little walk down memory lane of how cloth diapers have kind of changed over the years. What's your favorite? Let me ask you this because I'm curious. What is the biggest advancement that you feel has been made in the world of cloth diapers that you kind of wish you had had available to you when you were cloth diapering your kids? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like most of the advancements were well underway when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, a waterproof fabric would be a huge one that is breathable because yeah. the vinyl covers were very uncomfortable. Actually, most people did not use covers for this reason. Their children were getting rashes because mm-hmm. it's not breathable. Wow. So, um, you know, when you consider the plastic lining and disposables, it was even worse than that. It was um, just unbearable. So you would only use those vinyl covers if you're going on a car trip or if Mm -hmm. you're going to grandma's house and she Mm -hmm. doesn't have rubber coating on her, (laughs) on her uh, furniture, plastic (laughs) coverings. Um, you know, you don't want to ruin grandma's good formal living room couch. Um, so I think PUL was a huge advancement for cloth, which I was well able to take advantage of. Um, but other than that, I would say probably just the, the construction of diapers has really improved where, um, before the all-in-ones were not as convenient because they stunk. You could not Mm -hmm. get them clean. There were so many layers of absorbency Mm -hmm. that you needed to, to make a diaper work, but it was too thick to dry and too thick to wash. Um, but now we have these amazing natural fiber all-in-ones with, the design construction where these petals sort of overlap and you can really customize your absorbency and the fit mm-hmm. and they dry fast and they wash clean and they're so trim. They're so trim. And I mean, it makes cloth diapering with all in ones really convenient and easy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every, every 
complicatedly, that's not a word. It is now. It is now. Every, <laughs> every diaper constructed in such a complicated way where you have these bits and bobs of this and that. I mean, you have various materials working together. You have the PUL, you have these cotton fibers or, or bamboo, and then you have the snaps or the Velcro and you have the elastic. Um, these are not lifetime diapers, prefolds and flats. Those are lifetime diapers. Yes. You will be able to use that one piece of cloth for all of your children, basically. Yeah. Um, but even if the cotton will last you forever in an all-in-one, something will fail before you are done. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, the only downside, there really is nothing to do. There's nothing you can do. You're, you're putting them through a lot, washing, drying, wearing. Right. Um, it's like technology. If you buy the fanciest car with all these gadgets and high tech features, then it's like, it just takes one little thing to go wrong and you have to get the whole thing repaired. That's right. I mean, (laughs) if the elastic fails on your diaper, you either take the whole thing apart and fix it it. or you toss that diaper, um, which is why it it becomes a swim diaper or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I do, I do love prefolds and flats for that simplicity and, um, and the cost savings. And also you can replace the cover cheaply if that, if that fails. But again, the cover is separate from that absorbency. So yeah. um, the washing is, is less frequent and, and, and you don't have to dry it yeah. in the dryer. So that, that makes the longevity there. But mm-hmm. I mean, if all in ones are what you need in your life, then mm-hmm. you just have to know going in. And I will say, if you use a trusted brand of all in one, rather than just going on Amazon and picking some like no name brand because they're super cheap, you're going to get the customer service there so that if something does go wrong with your diaper, you'll be able to troubleshoot with your um, brand. You can email their customer service and they'll either usually fix or just replace it for you. So within that reasonable time. Right. But I mean, exactly. when you're going on two to three years and your diaper fails, it's yes. to be expected. Exactly. Um, it's it's not meant to last forever. Right. Um, but I like that they exist. I like that they get people in the door um, mm-hmm. and that I can say with confidence that it's it works well and, and, and fits and trim is not super huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think just the construction, the design has really advanced. Yeah. And even if you only use it two to three years before something malfunctions, you still save a ton of money versus buying disposables every week. Yeah. You may not get to use your all-in-one for two to three kids, but you'll definitely get your one kid worth um, and probably more. For sure. All right. Well, I, is there anything else we missed that you would like to cover? Cause I know you are a wealth of information while I have you here. I should ask. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. This was fun. I, I don't get to talk about cloth diapers as much anymore. I know. I'm so glad we get, this podcast was perfectly timed with my visit to Charlotte. So I got to interview Kim Rosas, the infamous Kim Rosas in the world of cloth diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I do love the cloth diaper history resource timeline. So mm-hmm. if anyone has time to check that out, it's very fun. I did put a lot of time into that. Um, it's fascinating. Honestly, they should make like a BBC documentary. On well, now it. I have a contact to BBC. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> She just went viral on BBC, by the way, for putting a cup in it. Um, come on, Kelly. Do a history of cloth diapers. Right. Segment. And since we talked about the, the, flats and hand washing challenge. If any of you are interested in, in chiming in with that this year, um, or joining in, I should say, uh, that starts on May 14th, right? Uh, May 12th. Oh, sorry. May 12th. Uh, yeah. May 12th, I believe. Um, which I thought it was actually a little bit later than that. Um, but cause that's right before mother's day. We've oh, always, yeah. I've always struggled with that when we were setting dates, it's yeah. Memorial day, mother's day and who wants to be hand washing diapers. But as, as I've pointed out before, um, and the heart of the challenge is really experiencing the need and, and the difficulty. So uh, you do not get to take a break. You don't you take are, holidays off if, if you, you are washing mm-hmm. 
diapers daily right. for your kids hand washing diapers and we've had plenty of people take the challenge and they just took the challenge but they already did it they lived it and they just joined in to share their experience and wow. um it's it's definitely eye opening and and one of the things that it i i you know it, it's hard because you don't it's not making light of the situation but it is always good to understand what other people go through and mm-hmm. and at least appreciate your own privilege and and the right. the the things that you were blessed with in life. And and it brings a lot of awareness to that, that people don't realize. Like yeah. The said. awareness part has been huge. And, um, it's, it's just nice to see that people recognize cloth diapers as a solution for people who are able. Um, and if you do have an access to washer and dryer, it's such an easy way to save money and, and keep mm-hmm. your baby's bottom clean and dry and, and, and healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been great chatting cloth diapers with you. Um, <laughs> Her, her cat was in with us too. <laughs> so if you hear purring throughout, that's why. <laughs> that's just me. It's fine. Yeah. It's so happy to be you. here, Jen. So happy. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you again on another episode of Cloth Diapers Made Easy. Bye.